Here are these words from the Gospel of John, the 20th chapter. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails on his hands, and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not yet seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You know, when I was a little girl, I loved gearing up for Easter. Probably later in the winter, early in the spring before Easter came, my mother and my grandmother and my aunt and I would go Easter shopping. We would go to like Clackamas Town Center, which was a really big deal for us from Lebanon, Oregon to go for the day to go shopping. We'd go there um, or we would go to Washington Square. And to this day, if I walk into one of these malls, the smell of it brings me back to parts of my childhood. And we would spend all day shopping for the perfect Easter dress. Now, the perfect Easter dress for me as a little girl was one with lots of frills. And ideally, it would come with gloves and a hat and maybe even a little a little purse, a little satchel. But really, the gloves and hat were really essential. And they were like major bonus to the perfect Easter dress. And in my mind, the perfect Easter dress had bright flowers on it. Every year, I would go looking for this perfect combination that would celebrate Easter to come. Because for me, as a little girl, Easter was the brightest part of the season. My brothers also would get special Easter clothes, which we picked out. But for me, it was this special time to spend the day with my mom and my grandmother and my aunt would join us as well. And we would spend all day. We'd have coffee time mid-afternoon. We'd go out to dinner. It was this special, special time. So when Easter day would come, my brothers and I would lay out our clothes on the ground prepared for the next day. It was like um, that version of the apocalypse where like children are taken, but the clothes are left. If we were good to be with Jesus, that's a totally different kind of tradition that we did not celebrate. That was not part of our repertoire, but we would lay out these clothes so perfectly on the floor. And the Easter bunny would come on Easter morning. So like we had to be really prepared to run down the stairs to find out what was in our Easter baskets 
and to start finding eggs. So we had to lay out everything and be completely prepared. And then we would get dressed in our Sunday best. And it felt as though the world had opened up in a brand new way. It would be springy. I would get to wear my strappy sandals with my little dress and my frills. And it would be sunny in my ideal version of Easter, although I grew up in Oregon, so sometimes it rained. But most of the time, it was this magical sun. And flowers would be blooming, and it was ideal. And in my hometown church, when Easter came, my hometown church did this thing where at the end of service, we would hold hands and we would sing, let there be peace on earth every single Sunday. But on Easter Sunday, and for the Easter season, we would sing this song called Every Morning is Easter Morning. And we would hold hands and we'd sing, every morning is Easter morning from now on. Every day is resurrection day, the past is over and gone. And it would go on and on until the very end. We'd say, Every morning is Easter morning. Every morning is Easter morning. Every morning is Easter morning from now on. Oh, it was great. It was so great. You could just like sing with joy this loud song. Every morning is Easter morning. And it would get stuck in your head. It's very show tunes this way. But for me as a kid, this was ideal. This meant the world had changed. The world is springing forth. New life is possible. In my mind as a little girl, I had zero doubts about whether or not Jesus Christ was born anew and walking with us because I had experienced this joy, this celebration. Always on the second week of Easter, we have a very different storyline. We have this one of Thomas. Now, Thomas gets the bad rap of doubting Thomas. And as I was growing up, I was like, how could Thomas doubt? How could Thomas not believe? How could Thomas ask? We just had the celebration last week. As a kid, that was so beyond what I could even fathom was that you needed more than this celebration to believe in Easter. But what I've come to realize as an adult is the Easter story isn't that simple and it isn't that joyous to begin with. There is a reason why there's an Easter season to recognize the resurrection. There's a reason why new life has to unfurl in ways from fear and doubt. And Thomas gets this bad rap of being doubting when really I think we should call him realistic Thomas because as I become more and more of an adult, I resonate more and more with Thomas, the one who said, no, 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 no. I saw him die. I saw him up on the cross. I have followed him for this long. I need to see him to believe what you are telling me. Because it doesn't feel like a new life because we are afraid and hiding in an upper room. It does not feel like Easter morning because our Messiah died and we watched him die. It does not feel like there's hope at the end of this story because we had followed him and now he is no longer leading us. He is no longer here. We thought he was dead in the tomb and now his body is stolen and we don't know what happened. And I love John for this story because what John does is he reminds us over and over again because that Jesus didn't resuscitate. This was not just a plain resuscitation. 
This was a resurrection. And in resurrection, there's transformation that happens. Jesus doesn't quite look the same. And in order to believe, we need to see more. And especially this year during a pandemic, and especially being in Germany, I am having a hard time seeing the resurrection until I read this realistic story this morning. Let me back up a little bit. So remember last week, Mary approaches the tomb and Jesus isn't there. And then she looks up and there's this gardener. So this is the number one time that John tells us that he wasn't quite recognized. She's, she thinks he's a gardener, but when he speaks, she says, my Lord, Rabunai, teacher. She recognizes them him through his action of peace and his voice. But just before that, she is terrified and scared because he's gone. So Easter morning doesn't actually start off with this like amazing trumpeting rejoicing. It actually starts off with like fear and trembling and terror and loss of hope and sadness and confusion. And she goes off to tell the disciples. And then John, remember, there are two disciples that run back to see and they don't believe until they've seen the empty tomb either. So they've told their fellow disciples. And on that same day, they're like, we don't know what's happening. So we're going to hide out because, um, oh, yeah, our our teacher was killed as a rebel, as someone who called revolution. The empire is going to get us for this. So, again, it's not just this like freedom in new life. It's actually a lot of confusion and a lot of wondering what's going to happen and a lot of hiding out and lockdown and fear. And especially in this pandemic, we know about lockdown and fear. We in Germany are approaching week 24 of a strict lockdown with promises of more of a strict lockdown. Vaccines are not available at this time through many geopolitics, um, both on the U.S. side and the EU side. And so we know about lockdown and fear. We don't know what the future will hold. So for me, for the disciples to go into lockdown, I understand it a lot more this year. But they're in lockdown, and for some reason, Thomas isn't there. We'll get into that in a minute. And Jesus enters the room, and the first thing he does is show them his marks and say, Peace be with you, because my guess is they didn't quite recognize him until again he spoke and showed them who he was because he wasn't just brought back from the dead. We're told he was resurrected. And when resurrection and new life happen to us, we are the same and yet we aren't. Perhaps Jesus was unrecognizable until he shows them who he is. Now, Thomas wasn't there, and my guess is this is part of him being a realist, because up until now, he's been the one who, when Jesus says, let's go, he's like, I'm all in, let's go with you to the death. When Jesus says, I'm the way, Thomas says, we don't know the way, can you show us the way? Over and over again, he's a realist, so when Jesus dies, maybe he's out reflecting on the world, because all of a sudden, he's at a loss. Maybe he's like, okay, what now? Maybe we should look for someone else. Maybe he is just having a cup of coffee and sitting on a bench in a world that feels so surreal and different and unrecognizable itself. And the more that I am living into this life, the more I can relate to that response in trauma and tragedy. The others are hiding in a room, but Thomas is not. So a week later, now, 
they're sitting around because Thomas has said, I don't believe until I see him and I don't blame him because when we've been told about resurrection, it's hard to imagine. So many of you are getting vaccinated and I rejoice in that. And that means new life. And yet it's hard for me to imagine because that kind of resurrection is very far off for us here. And for so many in the world. It's wonderful to hear the stories. It's another to experience. So it's a week later and Jesus enters again. And again, they don't quite recognize him, which again, when, when he serves breakfast later on, they won't recognize him. In Luke, when they walk to Emmaus, they won't recognize him. It tells me that when we are facing new life, when we have moments of resurrection ourselves, perhaps we're the same and yet we're not. Perhaps we're unrecognizable sometimes. Perhaps we can't go back to the way things were because new life means it's not the same. Perhaps we have to adjust to who we are in new life. I like that the sun is coming and going as I speak. So he comes back into the room and there's Thomas this time. And so Jesus, instead of saying, you should have known, shows him. This moment is good news to me because the one who is skeptical, the realist, the one who's like, no, I don't see new life. It was snowing sideways this week here in Germany. And there hasn't been movement in lessening a lockdown. There hasn't been movement in vaccinations. There hasn't been movement in new life. Those of us in that space of like, I appreciate that Jesus doesn't say, you should have, you could have. No, Jesus says, here, look, see, touch. To me, that's good news that Jesus will meet me where I'm at, even if I'm not in the joyous stage yet. Jesus meets Thomas where Thomas is at in the realism. And then there are these lines by John that says, these are written for you who have not seen and yet believe. Because whether we like it or not, we don't have this experience of touching Christ in the same way. We are like the community of John generations after who can't be like Thomas to actually physically touch Jesus. And yet the good news is that, that Jesus still shows up and perhaps not in ways that we recognize, perhaps in resurrected form, not in resuscitated form, perhaps in resurrection forms. So when we hear the stories, it's one thing. And then when we experience resurrection, it's another and if I look back on moments where I have experienced new life, I can hearken on that to know that new life is and will come. The good news for me this morning is that Easter is a whole season with time for me to live into what was my disappointment, what is my impatience for something to happen right now, and what will be in new life and resurrection, hearing the stories, but knowing that at some point I will get to touch and feel and see and believe that resurrection is happening. Some of that is I have to keep my own eyes open and adjust to what's happening now. Even though we are still in lockdown, I can search for Jesus where there are signs of new life even in the disappointment of it not moving fast enough, I can see 
that the world is starting to bloom. Even if I'm not feeling that every morning is Easter morning yet, as I did as a child, because as an adult, sometimes it doesn't just happen like that. I know in my faith that my doubt only strengthens my faith in what will be. I know that all shall be well in whatever form it needs to be that there will be new life, that I will not be the same, none of us can be the same, and that we will experience God coming to us again. So I have a couple of questions for you this morning to discuss. What are the doubts that you are having this season? I think Thomas lays before us this really wonderful history of questioning and doubting, perhaps, but being realistic about our hopes. What are those doubts? And where are the places that you are seeing Jesus show up anyway? Despite what might be our disappointments, despite where we don't feel like it's Easter. Some of us may not feel like it's Easter. There's enough space for us there, too. But where are we seeing Jesus show up anyway? Let us be in prayer. Gracious and loving God, you, you are resurrected Easter God. And even when we don't feel it, we know that you are present. Even when our seasons don't align, we know resurrection will come. And even though we may not recognize you, we know that you show up anyway. Be present, God, through our transitions, through our doubts, through our disappointments, and through our hope and through our gladness, and through our joy. Let us remember that every morning is Easter morning from now on. In your name we pray. Amen. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen.